Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we check in with Matrick and Park at PlayStation Disc Society for rumors about Crash Bandicoot coming to Switch. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, joined as always by my co-host Mark Mitchell. We're going to be talking about the Nintendo news from the week, uh, including Nintendo courting some third parties for more adult-oriented games. We're going to talk about that crazy Super Mario Odyssey uh, musical commercial and all kinds of other stuff. And then on Tuesday, we're going to be talking about our Nintendo blind spots. But in the meantime, Mark, how you doing? Good Thursday. Thursday? What did I say? Tuesday. Oh, it's Tuesday now. It's Tuesday now. That's so confusing. Let's start the whole show over. (laughs) (laughs) No, just go back. And the last time that I said Tuesday, last two times now, three times now, (laughs) insert Thursday. I get it, though, because it's difficult to tell what's up and what's down with Mm. it getting dark outside so early now. Yeah, let's just go right into the weather report. I'm not used to it. It's getting dark early. Yeah. Uh, Here we are, October, about midway. Yeah, we're coming to the end of regular time and about to begin daylight savings time is that how that be how that works i've been practicing daylight savings time for 35 years and i don't know how it works we spring we fall back we fall back right so we're going to gain an hour yes we're going to time travel so is that is that what constitute the savings i don't know i do i do not know well, if you know, yes, you should uh, write into us or tweet at us on Twitter. We are at Nincart Society, and our email address is Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Um, but to speak more broadly to the weather, it's been too hot. Yeah, it's weirdly hot. I'm not about it. Not a fan. Uh, I've got my Mac Weldon shorts back on. Um, and I keep wearing a hoodie, even though it's too warm because I'm trying to like will hoodie weather into existence you're trying yeah and i'm and i'm wanting it out of existence <laughs> we need to get on the same side yeah we do it's like it's, a splat fest we're divided here <laughs> um our guest weather today is victoria canada big ups to victoria canada and our listeners there um though it looks like it's 52 degrees and rainy and maybe there's a wind advisory so be careful out there <laughs> Uh, Mark, what you been uh, playing this week? You know, this is not a great week mm. as far as me playing games go. Tell me why. Uh, I just didn't have time. So I played some Super Mario Run. Yeah. Because that's a great way to play a little Nintendo on the go. But other than that, I didn't really have a must- much of a chance to play a whole lot. Sadly, the Splatfest passed me by without even a chance Splat to log Fest. in. Yeah, Pat passed me by as well. I did not get to play any of it. Um. I've also been playing Super Mario Run. I'm in like area 28, 27, 28. So you're close to Daisy, right? She's in 30? She's in. She's at the end of 30, yeah. Uh, Sarah, like once she discovered Remix 10, after listening to our show, um, I, like started playing it a ton. And like the next day was like, do you have Daisy yet? And I was like, no, she's so far away. And Sarah's like, oh, I got Daisy <laughs> Do the levels continually get longer? No. They oh, okay. they, they kind of cap out at like three like level chunks uh, per area. 
Um, but even still, like it takes a long time to get through a, a whole area. So have you found yourself trying to get more toads because there's an infinite number of toads now? Or are, are you like Remix 10 is your life now? Uh, I'm mostly doing Remix 10. Sometimes I will. I actually find myself very rarely going back to the uh, toad rally. Um, I'm either doing the tour to like unlock the secret levels um, or just doing Remix 10. Yeah, so Remix 10 is life. I, you, you were right. That's, that's all that is. Um, also, I beat Mario plus Rabbids this weekend. Nice. Yeah. Um, I really like that game. That's a good game. Um, and I'd put it down for a while, uh, like right at the beginning of World 4, uh, where the game like started to really get challenging. Um, and it was nice to just like dig back into it, go back and like level up the characters a little bit and buy better stuff. Um, and then just like march into uh, the end boss, which was really difficult. Like, the, oh, yeah, the, the end boss was like really tough. I had to play him a, a, like a, a couple times and like develop new strategies. And, you know, he's got three different forms. I won't spoil anything about him, but um, he's got three different forms. And the first time I fought him, uh, I triggered the second form with one character alive and i was like oh man <laughs> this is gonna be a trial and error process did you ever use the like easy option the easy mode option or? never nope nice um when i was having too like too much difficulty to like get through with you know without doing that um i would just go back to earlier levels and do the the challenges that you find in them to get more orbs level up the guys and usually that's uh that's enough to push him forward did you end up basically like using just a one set team that you would just basically march every march through every level or did you find that like as the game progressed you needed to switch that up a little bit more i've got four characters that i use mario rabid mario rabid peach and luigi and that's it um and it's you know always mario obviously you can't uh you can't sub him out um, and then any combination of those other of two of those other three um, to just fill out fill out the roster. I never really got the hang uh, hand uh, handle got the hang <laughs> <laughs> of using either the Yoshi characters um, and like regular like vanilla Peach um, isn't super great. Um, and I guess there was a little bit I was using Rabid Luigi, but um, I don't know c- compared to the others. I mean. Rabid Mario, when you've got him properly leveled up, his like slide tackle move is dealing like, over a hundred damage, and it's got this like big hit radius around him. So like, if you send him into a crowd of like four enemies, he'll hit one of them for a hundred, and the rest of them all take seventy damage. Whoa! And then you can chain that together with two more slide tackles. So <laughs> if you've got three characters all bunched up together, you can go. Tackle for 100, the other two take 70, and then do that again on each one. So they each end up taking 240 damage. And then he's got that shotgun, which also is like an area effect thing. So, like, he's it's he's so good at just like being a one man wrecking ball, um, clearing a path. Yeah, we were both really positive on this game when we talked about it, uh, I guess about a month ago, maybe a little around then. Yeah, whenevs <laughs> on uh, one of our. Thursday episodes. I was about to say Tuesday. But yeah, the whole thing's broken, Mark. <laughs> One of our Thursday episodes. But not to jump too far ahead. Well, should we jump ahead? Sure, yeah. 
jumping ahead to new releases uh, because one of those new releases is uh, this Tuesday. Today. Today. Um, that one actually is Tuesday. <laughs> the Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle DLC pack number one comes out. Are you... So you have completed this game. You really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Are you in for more? Do you want the DLC? Uh, I'm interested. I kind of want to see like what it is, like what uh, people are saying about it um, when it, once it's actually in their hands. Because um, it includes a co-op mode. There's a co-op mode in the game as it current is. Current game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. If, if there are more like co-op missions, I haven't done any. Um, so, I mean, there, there's still stuff in the game for me to do. Um, but, uh, yeah. I, at, at this point, I, I had such a, a nice time with it this weekend and um, that I, I think I probably will pick up the, the DLC pack. Um, we also got news that the second DLC pack will be coming out on January 16th, 2018. Um, which is, I guess, sooner than I was expecting for whatever reason. That's, you know, pretty soon. Do you think you'll buy the season pass or just kind of one at a time? Yeah, well, I mean, I'll, I'll probably just goes. do. I'll probably just do the season. It's twenty bucks. I'll I'll do it. I'll probably do the season pass. Also coming out today for the 3DS is Etrian Odyssey Five: Beyond the Myth, and uh, and then the physical version of NBA 2K18. Mm. is being released in stores as well so weird i i will know i i don't know that i'm ever going to get used to this uh digital versions of games coming out before physical versions yeah and i think the same thing is happening with the 2k's next game on switch which is um or i guess their next sports game on switch which is the wwe yeah yeah 2k18 game um i'm pretty sure that is doing the same sort of digital first physical later release strategy is it just because it like takes more production time or money to put these games on the cards? Or I really what? don't know why. I, I really have no idea why this is like the strategy that they are adopting. Yeah. I don't know if, if they will ever become day and date. I really have no clue. Um, it's so weird because you, you would think that that's almost one of those things that like burns the relationship with retailers, right? That like there are kind of two rules of uh, selling games digitally as to not like screw over your retail partners. One is don't sell it earlier digital. And the other is don't, don't sell it cheaper digital. Um, and they're just like, nah, we'll do, we'll do earlier. We'll do one of them. <laughs> I wonder if like Nintendo on Nintendo platforms, uh, digital, like buying games digitally has lagged behind uh, adopt. Let me start all over. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Adoption of digital purchases on mm -hmm. Nintendo platforms has lagged behind the adoption rate on Xbox and PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if retailers are not that worried about it on Nintendo platforms because most people still buy like the vast vast majority of people still buy their games physically on Nintendo platforms. That makes sense. I think also like early enough in the Switch's life's lifespan here, I think people are still able to think of it as like a like toy or it's like some kind of giftable experience that like you could buy someone a copy of a physical game and give. I mean, that's why we saw see like a physical release of Cave Story or a Binding of Isaac, right? That those are things that like someone could pick up for you and be like, here, there. There's like a joy of giving someone a present and Nintendo seems very tied to that. Yeah, absolutely. 
And then on Thursday, October 19th, we have another day of a lot of eShop releases on the Switch, a lot of indie releases. Mm-hmm. So we have Spelunker Party, the Jackbox Party Pack for Party Golf, Putty Pals, Elliot Quest, the Count Lucanor. Sure. And then, is that Judge? Judge? Yeah, it's the word judge, but with a Y in it. I don't know. I, I don't have any interest in picking up any of these games. <laughs> I, I don't know enough about them. So, yes, I'm on that same page. Then on Friday, October 20th, we have Fire Emblem Warriors. Yeah, on both the Switch and the new 3DS. Um, and the um, Amiibo that come with them, Tiki and Chrom. Uh, yeah, I am still... It's going to be a game time decision for me as to whether I'm going to pick that up or not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's one that I'm passing on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. These, uh, I we may, we'll probably get into it a little bit more on Thursday, but these like Muso type games. Right, which are the games that are uh, made in the mold of uh, the Dynasty Warriors series. And if you're not familiar with those, there, uh, the Dynasty Warriors were like uh, historically focused, like battle games where you're just like a soldier on a battlefield, um, and like a like an ancient battlefield, right? So there's it's swords and um, horses and stuff, uh, and like you just sort of run around the battlefield, helping to like sway the battle in one way or or, or the other. Yeah, I feel like what they're really known for is just having waves and waves and hordes of enemies yeah like the number of enemies that they can get on screen is kind of what they're known for right and as like one heroic dude in a battle you'll be beating up like 70 enemies at one time and it's ridiculous and over the top um and uh yeah so that and that's what fire emblem warriors is so i mean no matter what it's going to be kind of like that reductive gameplay right right which can be fun like i don't think they're unfun games but i usually play them for 20 minutes and that's it's that's an all i ever want to play ever yeah yeah after 20 minutes like okay i've had my fill also the uh just a small thing the switch eShop added a new games on sale section uh what's in there i don't know two like titles <laughs> it's it's pretty slim pickings at the moment mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but presumably the fact that they are creating a, a section that is highlighting titles on sale i don't know presumably that means more titles will be going on sale in the future so you're saying nintendo's definitely fixed their discoverability problem <laughs> no but it, it's at least another category mm-hmm. uh that people can easily filter through yeah um and yeah they just they just need to keep at that as you know one two three seven new games come out on thursday that we're like hmm they <laughs> shuffle those to the back, <laughs> back of the bin. All right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract with a piece... Mark, today we're going to talk about CDs. Compact discs. Compact discs. Discs that are compact. Discs that uh, should be larger than they are, right? <laughs> yeah. What, That's what, the promise of what, the compact disc. What predated the compact disc that was like the larger disc? 
I assume they're referring to like vinyl records. <laughs> but okay, but were did C- were CDs originally intended for music or for data? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know this either. Okay, so what was the first CD that you remember buying? We'll we'll say we'll say music side first. Okay. Um. I think the first one I bought with my own money was there was like a Disney music collection. Mm-hmm. One of those ones where it's like it's got like the green outline of the mouse yes. ears on the yes. on the cover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What, what was on that bad boy? Oh, man, the Main Street Electrical Parade. Yeah. Uh, maybe some terrible song from Pete's Dragon, a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. I like I liked Pete's Dragon as oh. a kid, but but I'll, I'll concede that it <laughs> was probably terrible. Probably something from Fox and the Hound. I don't know. It was a deep cuts. Yeah, yeah. They had. I mean, I'm sure they had uh, probably stuff from Mary Poppins on there, but they also just had some weird or more. Uh, eclectic picks <laughs> like something from Oliver and Company. Uh, I believe the first CD that I purchased with my own money was Real Big Fish's. Uh, uh, why? Well, no, not Why Do They Rock So Hard? The one that came out before that. Turn the radio off. <laughs> that was that was my first record. Now, you don't. You didn't have older siblings or anything to like influence your musical taste. Well, I. I oh have, no, you do. Right? I have. I yeah. have an older sister, but she doesn't listen to music. Um, and, and my parents weren't really listening to music, so I got a lot of, oh, I guess we will never know. We'll never know. Wow. That was that short 433. We were accompanied by the St. Thomas Orchestra. Uh, Mark, let's, it was so short. I'm like thrown off. (laughs) Uh, let's move into the news. All right. Hot tip. From our friends, Matrick and Park at the PlayStation Disc Society podcast. Right. Uh, Keymailer, a company that connects streamers with games, publishers, and developers, has listed the Crash Bandicoot N-Sane trilogy for the Nintendo Switch. Mm. So Crash, of course, I'm pretty sure premiered on PlayStation mm-hmm. and is most closely associated with PlayStation, but... He had games on Nintendo platforms. He had some games on the N64 and the GameCube. So it wouldn't be unprecedented for him to be on Nintendo. And But the whole like exclusivity of this insane collection is... I don't know how many more of those you get, Mark. <laughs> I think you can maybe do it one more time. I'm not the one that named it. <laughs> I'm just honoring the nomenclature. There is an accent mark over the end. <laughs> Insane trilogy. Uh, yeah, so it's it's not really clear what the uh, exclusivity of this collection is, but so it, I guess we've heard rumors of it showing up on Xbox. We've heard rumors of it, I guess now showing up on Switch. It's sold incredibly well on the PlayStation, apparently. Mm-hmm. So I guess people really love Crash Bandicoot. Well, so this uh this collection uh collects the first three games in the series that were all original PlayStation games. Um, were all developed by Naughty Dog, I think. Yeah, they were. Um, and the um all of the graphics are redone, and the physics for the first game are like updated to be in line with the other two. Um, but uh, I have basically no interest in playing this game. We, are you? Do you have any kind of affinity for it, or? 
we had a one of the N64 Crash Bandicoot games. Mm-hmm. I don't can't even remember what it was called. And I'm pretty sure we got it was because it was cheap. But I remember playing it for like 45 seconds and just being like, oh, this is trash. So I yeah. have no affinity. I I have no love for these games. It's one of those things that I genuinely wonder if they were ever good or if people just remember them from when they were kids and so like it anyways. Yeah, I mean, it if if it is like a nostalgia play, um, we are you and I are the perfect ages for that nostalgia to miss us entirely. Yeah, that's true. Um, so if any of our listeners, if this does hit your nostalgia buttons just right, uh, write to us, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. We would love to hear about it because right now seems totally alien to me, <laughs> right? I don't get it. I don't get it. Don't get it. I don't get it. The Switch version of Doom, which was previously announced for a non-specific holiday 2017 release window, now has a solid release date of November 10th. That's so soon. That's very soon. I guess in my head I was thinking it would be closer to Christmas, like December sometime. I mean, I think we just need to come to terms with the fact that, you know, it's mid-October. The year's basically over. (laughs) Time is passing us by. Right. I miss Christmas already. Um, but I guess the thing to me that makes this so weird is that this is coming out on November 10th, mm-hmm. LA Noir is coming out on November 14th, and then Skyrim, another big Bethesda Switch port, mm-hmm. is coming out one week later on November 17th. Yeah, so that means that there's like three pretty big uh third party kind of mature releases all coming out within the span of a week and two of them from bethesda two from bethesda and one from rockstar i mean i guess you're right that as far as like weeks left in the year there are not that many of them Uh so if you're trying to get a game out before the major holiday shopping season you really only have like a handful at this point Mm -hmm. and so i can understand why they would want to launch it in november it just seems, I guess for my own personal taste, my wallet is weeping. Right. You know, it just like keeps adding up to the amount of stuff. Because I think I'm going to get this. Doom? I think so. I think I might get Doom as well. And have I ever played a Doom game before? No, not really. I mean, I played Doom on like the PC, but like that was a long time ago. Yeah, and definitely not, at least for me, like not from start to finish. Might have been Doom 2. <laughs> Speaking of maturity, it sounds like Nintendo has uh, not been shying away from more adult-oriented games on the system. Inti Creates Chief Executive Officer Takuya Aizu told the Wall Street Journal that, quote, I thought it wouldn't be possible to release such a game for the Switch, but surprisingly, surprisingly, Nintendo gave me positive feedback. He was referring to the upcoming release of Gal Gun 2, an arcade shooter with strong sexual content. Yeah, and I mean, it's not just uh, sexual content. It's, uh, you know, like anime babes that you like shoot their underwear off or something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which I I remember you and I uh, talking about when um, it was uh, announced that Gal Gun was going to be coming to Switch. Um, It seems like a a weird fit just because like I've I've got in my head that like Nintendo is a more like family oriented or like a more family friendly um, experience. But like, you know, with games like Doom and uh, L.A. Noir coming, like 
maybe it's not. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they, especially from this and just other things that we've seen and heard, it seems like they are actively trying to broaden mm-hmm. the appeal of the Switch. Because uh, I think you're absolutely right. I think sometimes it gets pigeon- Nintendo gets pigeonholed as like a kiddie console. And that is because, you know, because they are focused on family-friendly entertainment. Yeah. You know, like, Nintendo first-party titles, for the most part, are something that anybody can play. I don't know that they've, outside of maybe one or two exceptions, ever released a game that isn't, uh, at the very most, teen-rated. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, uh, Breath of the Wild is, is rated T, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And, like, the Metroid games are probably rated T, but, like... Everything else is E for everyone, Mark, or E10 plus, as Mario Odyssey is is rated. So, um, I don't know. I think it's kind of exciting. I think I like the idea. We we talk about all the time how we love the Switch so much that mm-hmm. we want every game to be released on the Switch, and it kind of seems like Nintendo is trying to get third parties to kind of like view it that way. Yeah, and you know, if if that's like the last uh little like barrier for entry of, you know, being like, no no no, you can you can do or say or, you know, bludgeon whatever you want in games on <laughs> on our system. Um then great. We let's tear that wall down. The latest issue of Edge, the UK video game magazine, has given Super Mario Odyssey a 10 out of 10. Now that is 10 points out of a possible 10 points. That's right. That's a perfect score. <laughs> Which I think they've given less than 10 of those in their entire out of publication history. <laughs> <laughs> Hundreds. Mm, okay, good. Uh, yeah, so that's a good score for Odyssey. That's the only, uh, it's the only review that's been posted or published at all uh, thus far. Um, we are currently, what, a week and a half out from Odyssey being released? Yeah. Uh, when do you think we're going to start seeing those reviews from other outlets? I don't know. I don't know when like the embargo drops. I would think in the next week or so yeah yeah I, I feel like um breath of the wild we knew um maybe like the the week before what day of the week was the third it was that was a friday yeah um so maybe it was like the beginning of the week we knew um so probably about this time next week yeah that's exciting we'll start seeing some more reviews roll in uh included in the magazine there's also some more information about the game including uh, tease about the enormous number of moons to be collected in the game uh, being compared to the number of Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild, which if that comparison is literal, we're talking like 900, almost 1,000. Yeah, there were 900 Korok seeds, and if there are... Because the, the moons, they're, they're basically this game's version of stars, right? Um, and like, you know, uh, what Mario 64 has what, 120? Um, Mario Galaxy 2 has uh, double that, like 242. If this has like triple that, it's so much content. It is so much content. I mean, it's definitely it's not a direct correlation to the stars in Mario 64, Mm -hmm. only because we have heard and seen some examples of ways that you can get moons that that don't mean like completing a challenging course. Like in New Donk City, there's a uh, opportunity for you to like sit down on a park bench or like a bus stop bench next to a man who's sitting there. And when you sit down and sit for a few seconds, he comments to you, nobody sits next to me, you know, like, Oh, like people usually don't sit next to me. And so he gives you a moon 
as like a thank you gift. So you know, it's not like it's, sure, yeah, right. That they they can they moons flow like water, possibly. <laughs> um, but I mean, and and it should also be noted that like you don't get kicked out of the level. Um, when you collect a moon, which is sort of like a, a standard Mario thing, right? Of you're in the level, you get to one, and then it kicks you back out to the beginning. Um, this will just be you're out there uh, gathering as many as you can. And, you know, there's like 900 of them. It's so. pretty crazy that it's so soon. Yeah. That Mario is come. that we'll get more Mario. But for right now, to tide us over, mm-hmm. there's been that n- crazy new Mar- Super Mario Odyssey commercial where Let's he's like talk dancing about in the it. streets. <laughs> So this commercial, it's a, it, it's not on TV, right? It's like a three minute long commercial. Um, it's basically just like a live action music video taking place in New Donk City for Jump Up Superstar. For some reason, it really reminded me of like a Michael Jackson music video. Yeah, well, because like Mario's dancing in the middle. It's like a dark city street. Um, it like it looks like the the Beat It video kind of, right? Yeah, and he's um, and he's like. Uh, jumping around like spreading magic to people like it's like Captain EO or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like everyone is wearing like suits, right? And like hats. Yeah. So like th- there's a little bit of a Michael Jackson there. And you know, Mario's wearing white gloves. <laughs> so <laughs> um but yeah, it's uh so that that trailer or commercial I guess um has has been making the rounds. Um I And it's of course set to jump up superstar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and it looks like there's like a, a Everyone but Mario is a real person, right? Like, he's the only thing that's animated in this. Um, and man, Mario's so cute. <laughs> he's so cute, Mark. <laughs> There's a part of the, the the commercial where he's, like, playing in a mariachi band to, like, hide from a crowd that's chasing him down or something. It's, there's all, Yeah, there's also some... Uh... The narrative in there doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. He possesses a dog at one point, and the dog owners are like, ha, ha, ha. Mario just brain hijacked our dog, but ha, ha, ha. um, but yeah, he's he's got the sombrero on. And he's just like playing a guitar, and it's adorable. I this game's gonna be too cute for me. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna. Anyway, I watched I watched the trailer, the commercial. Um, cried only a little bit because I was filled with such joy. Um, I really can't wait for this game to just introduce more happiness into my life. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about before that maybe when it was our the episode that we did about Yoshi's story, it's like Nintendo has this magical ability to create just the stupidest <laughs> things. Yes. But you're fine, but like you love it. Yes. You know, you're like I'm like watching this commercial, and I'm like, this is so enormously stupid and I can't get enough. Well, I just, want every second of this in my life. He's just running around, jumping, having a great time. I want to have that great time. You no, know, I think part of what it is is that it's unironic. Yeah. And there's so little of that mm-hmm. right now in culture. Like, everything is about irony and uh, being removed. Yeah, right? how, like, how I, detached or how, like, meta you can be about something. Yeah. And Mario is, like, just sincerely about running and jumping. Like, what? And so it's like shocking. It's like a shock to the system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Uh, uh, on on uh, related to Jump Up Superstar, that song can be or will be available for download on the Japanese iTunes store on October 20th. No word yet of it coming uh, to the stateside iTunes store. I almost wonder if that means it'll show up on like, in Japan, at least like the streaming services like Apple Music. Yeah. They have it there or like Spotify sense. or whatever. Because do I want to listen to Jump Up Superstar? Yeah, yes, of, of course. course I do. 
do I want to pay like 99 cents for it? Probably a buck 29. <laughs> Probably a buck 29. Yeah. But I guess I'm just hoping that I can listen to this anytime I want, everywhere and, and I want. Not, and not pay for it. <laughs> no, no. I'd be paying for it as part of my like Apple Music Oh, I see what you're saying. Not pay yeah. extra for it. I don't it. want to yes. pay extra for it. Exactly. Exactly. Man, I'm so excited for that game. Yeah, me too. So some Amazon customers are still waiting to have their SNES Classic Edition pre-orders fulfilled. Yes, mm. you thought we were done talking about pre-orders for the SNES Classic Edition. Never! We will never be done talking about them. Emails went out to customers last week saying that the shipments had been delayed, obviously, but offered no concrete delivery date. Uh, oh, so people who Amazon. Had, I know. People who had pre-orders had to, like, go... They had to, like, click a button on the Amazon site confirming that they still wanted the product. Uh, some Amazon treasure trucks have been selling the SNES Classic Editions. So once again, it seems like Amazon is not really playing fair this time. Yeah, uh, that's pretty crappy. Luckily, uh, we are beginning to see some restocks roll out. Mm -hmm. uh, GameStop had a restock last week. It, of course, sold out almost immediately, but it did happen. Some other stores, some Walmarts, some Targets have begun to receive uh, new shipments in store. So it seems like they are beginning to trickle out. Um, but just don't count on Amazon, I guess. Yeah, right? it it seems, unless you're lucky enough to get one from a treasure truck to live in a city that has treasure trucks right now. Yeah, and then pay attention to the treasure truck. Buy it when it's available on the treasure truck. Tre treasure truck. And then go hunt that treasure truck down. Um, Mark talked about his experience with the treasure truck um, a couple weeks back to get uh, an NES Classic, right? Yeah. And if you are lucky enough, it's super smooth. Mm -hmm. But it just seems kind of shady to hold pre-orders and then just kind of keep stringing customers along. Yeah. You think... Um you think Amazon like knew what they were doing, or do you think they were just like Nintendo will give us a bunch of these things, it'll be okay, and then like just took pre-orders? Like, what do you think happened here? I, th I don't know. That's a, uh, I guess the cynic in me says that they took pre-orders and then, d uh, and not with the intention of being able to fill all of them in immediately. Sure, just, like I think they knew they were giving people, their yeah. shipments to the treasure trucks, and you know, like the people who pre-ordered, it's not like Amazon is holding their money. Yeah. So I think Amazon feels less of an obligation to fulfill those orders. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's bad. I'm not saying it's a good move, but I I think that's kind of where they're operating from. Yeah. I mean that that all tracks. Uh. Lots of so we've talked a lot about how there are a lot of indie games coming to the Switch. You know, mm -hmm. and we're seeing I don't know a ton of third party support, but we've been seeing companies like Bethesda and other developers show showing interest in bringing their games to the Switch. And uh, this last week, there were a number of interviews that came out where developers talked about the like chance of them bringing it to switch or what it's like bringing it to switch or considering bringing it to switch and here's what some of them had to say uh ed boone was asked if nether realms would bring injustice 2 to switch and he said quote yeah i think at the end of the day you can make almost any game there uh on the switch there are inevitable compromises but you know you can make some version of injustice on the atari 2600 
not going to be great, but I bet you can make something. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> to which I say, okay. Way to commit, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, he uh, went on to say that, like, you know, obviously uh, they're, they're interested in the platform, but it's just like, what would the game actually be when, when they, uh, you know, would port it to, to the Switch who doesn't actually know? Yeah, he also talked about they they would need like a third party to help them mm-hmm. with the switch just because it would be another platform to have to support yeah and that's difficult to do like all in house yeah well and um ed boone is you know one of the original designers on uh the, the mortal Kombat series and is sort of like the face of the series um and now he works mostly on like the design side um and you know he was saying that even for like the versions that they do now they have to deliver three different versions of the art assets um for uh xbox playstation and um pc so like he's like there there are already three versions of this we have to do and like to do another one um you know i I can be sympathetic to that yeah and i guess i don't know if it feels to me that as game like obviously as these as games have become more complex and multi-platform games that we expect platform parity have yeah. become uh more common that we are seeing publishers or developers farming out uh ports to other systems to kind of like developers who have become specialists in doing so yeah because yeah i think like when you're dealing with a, the complexity of some of these games it's impossible to have to expect them to create like four different versions we're even seeing it with like indie games like uh mm-hmm. star you know like stardew valley that is developed by um like a third party contractor whose job it is to, to make the it game work and, like, on make this it work yeah. on the switch yeah that tracks jonathan blow the developer of uh the or creator of like the witness and braid said that he's open to porting both of those games to the switch but that it's not a priority for right for them right now he said well we're not doing that right this second we're a very small studio and you can tell this ios port took us a while we have limited work power to deploy for various things we just need to know if there would really be a sizable audience there we're not sure about that right now i don't know if it seems like it would be a potentially successful thing then we would look at it we've also been working on this game for a while we're kind of ready to do new stuff so it's not high on the priority list but i'll but i'm not saying we won't ever do it uh also a super soft commitment from (laughs) jonathan blow uh i really liked braid um and played it on playstation 3 uh and if it were to come over to switch i would definitely play it again there um and i've been holding out hope that the witness would come to this thing um because that game looks like it's right up my alley um it's just like a a a puzzle game with like some environmental puzzles that are like an extrapolation of the like panel puzzles that you do in it um it doesn't sound like he's in any hurry to uh, bring this thing over, but um, hey, man, the the market is there. Like, yeah, you can absolutely. see that there is. Yeah, I, I guess at this point, just because both those games, I mean, what am I saying? I have bought so many old games ported to the Switch, but I feel like you're gonna buy Doom. I feel <laughs> you're like you're gonna buy Skyrim. Mark. I, I know, I know. I feel like I would rather see their next game mm, on sure. Switch rather than like bringing braid over i mean this is obviously a topic for a different time but i feel like braid was groundbreaking for its time i wonder how much i i haven't played it since i 
the Xbox 360, so like since release. Yeah, sure. But I wonder how much I would enjoy returning to it, knowing how it all like plays out and everything. Yeah. Because I don't remember the platforming itself being all that. Well, it's never the platforming. It's always the way that like the central mechanic of you manipulating time. Right. Like, um, how that plays into the platforming, I guess. Or like just you existing in the in the space in the world. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I I don't I don't remember the gameplay all that fondly. I guess I should say. Oh, okay. Um, I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do remember it very fondly. <laughs> Finally, Team Vampire swept this past weekend's North American Splatfest, taking all three categories. So it was a clean sweep. Mm-hmm. Mark and I again were cowards and did not participate. <laughs> but if we had, mm. we would have been on the losing team. Probably, yes. Right? Because yes, uh, I, think I think that's right. I think we both decided that we were team uh, Wolfman. That's right. No, Werewolf. Uh, team Lycan. Wolverine. Right. Uh, <laughs> checking up on the other two Splatfests that happened a little while ago. In Japan, Team Endurance ended up taking the event over Team Power. And no surprise, in Europe, uh, Toilet the toilet paper roll coming hanging from the front one two to one against hanging from behind mark what are we what are we talking about <laughs> you know what are we doing don't pretend that this isn't important vital news mm-hmm. if nothing else i learned that if uh, you're in a household with cats right. or toddlers it makes sense to have it behind so big ups to everyone who participated especially if you're in victoria canada that's right all right that is going to do it for this episode of nintendo cartridge society you should join us on it's thursday 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 uh because we're going to be talking about our biggest nintendo related blind spots uh games we didn't play series we're no good at um types of games that we have no interest in gonna be good it's gonna be good um uh, remember please if you enjoyed the show rate review and subscribe on uh, apple podcasts um and if you like this episode share it on facebook and twitter that helps us out a bunch on twitter we are at nincart society the facebook page is just nintendo cartridge society and our email address of course is nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com gmail. if you like mark and mine's opinions we do write about comic books on retconpunch.com olivia duncan made our logo our music is provided by abit betty you can check out his music by going to abitbetty.com or by listening right now for my co-host mark mitchell this is patrick eller saying thanks for listening Network.